Y'all, I have not mentioned this on the show yet. I have not the opportunity to mention it, honestly, but I am nominated for my first award for this podcast. And it's actually me who was nominated, which is like a very big deal to me. It means a lot to me. I'm nominated for Best Indie Podcast Host by the Podcast Academy. So the Podcast Academy hosts an award show every year for podcasts called The Ambies. This year it is in Los Angeles. I will be attending the Ambies where I will find out whether or not I won the award. And even if I don't win, that's okay. But obviously I would love to win. If you are a voting member of the Podcast Academy, because only voting members of the Podcast Academy can vote in the Ambie Awards, please, I would love your consideration. Take a listen, take a gander. I hope you enjoy the content. hope you enjoy the podcast. I hope you enjoy me. And I hope you're down to vote for me for Best Indie Podcast Host. Now let's get into the show. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Imagine this. You lay down at the end of a long day to get some sleep, but your thoughts won't let you. They won't just shut up. You're aware sleep is good for you and it'll help you feel better, but you just can't shut your thoughts off. If this is you, therapy could be helpful to figure out what's making your brain fight against your well-being. I stand therapy. It's helped me put an end to a few unhealthy learned behaviors. If you're considering therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's all online, so it can easily accommodate your busy schedule just complete a simple questionnaire to be matched with a licensed therapist as soon as possible. If you don't love your therapist for any reason, you can get a new one at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com BPLP today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot BPLP. Welcome to Black People Love Paramore, a podcast where we dive into the common and uncommon interests of Black people in order to help Black people feel seen. Please feel free to donate to the show at the link in the show notes, and please rate us and write us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars only because we are five-star bitches, word to yo Gotti. If you're watching this on YouTube, please like, comment, subscribe, and all of the things. And if you really like the show, join the Patreon family at patreon.com slash Paramore. I'm your host, Sequoia. I'm a little bit sick, but still Sequoia. And today, joining me to talk about Bring It On, we have Laura and Shelby from the Sisters Who Watch podcast. Thank you for joining, y'all. Thank Hello. you, Sequoia. Excited to be here. Please tell the folks a little bit about yourselves, about your projects. Yeah, yes. Shelby, go ahead. So I'm Shelby, and Laura and I are sisters. <laughs> we recently tell. started. Yeah. Shocker, don't we look like twins? (laughs) We recently started a podcast called Sisters Who Watch, which is the entertainment review podcast where we come together, give our diverse perspectives on diverse content. So everything from the trashiest of reality TV shows, no shade to The Bachelorette or Love Island, but they're trashy and we love them. We do. To the buzziest of movies like Barbie from this summer, as well as sports, concerts, loading our new episode on the Renaissance World Tour. It'll be Ooh. great. Yes, mm-hmm. we have that for y'all soon. And we just love watching content. So like, why not review, share recommendations with people, and bring it to the world? 
Yes, that's it. So yes, Shelby and I are sisters. We're best friends. We're four years apart, but we do mm. pretty much everything together. So we watch literally everything. So every week we call each other on the phone and be like, did you see what happened on the show? We got to talk about this. And we'd spend hours just talking about the hottest, you know, TV shows, movies, etc. So we were like, let's do a podcast. We've always wanted to do something like Why this not? together. And we love entertainment. We love being creative. And this has been the perfect outlet to do all those things. That exactly. is incredible. If y'all want to hear two Black girlies talking about the latest movies, shows, et cetera, et cetera, go check out the podcast. Yes. It's going to be a fun time. Also, y'all are so pretty. I just, if y'all are not watching this on YouTube, go look at it because they're stunning. So, wow. Yes. Wow. Mm -hmm. So happy That's to have y'all. <laughs> Thank uh -huh. you. Of course. Of course. So happy to have y'all. Before we get into talking about Bring It On, we have In My Defense. In My Defense is our segment where we bring one of our unpopular opinions and defend it for you all. I have one this week. This is not constant. I don't Ooh. always have one, but I do. Look at you. Would you like me to go first or would you all like to go first? You're the host. Take it off, please. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I'll go first. Mine is Bring It On Related. I think this is kind of oh. mild. I've never said this, so I don't really know how mild or hot of a take this is, but I feel like mm. it's probably not that hot. I feel like I didn't like Kristen Dunst in this role. I would have rather seen specifically Reese Witherspoon. I am a Reese Witherspoon like Stan. And yes. so I just think that she could always kill most roles. But this feels like it would have been a good one for her, especially because it was a year before Legally Blonde. It feels kind of like a similar type of character role type yeah. situation. So I would have preferred it. Also, super hot take. I don't like Legally Blonde at all as a film. So wow. I just like don't like it. So if it came down to this or Legally Blonde, I think she should have done this. Not that she had the opportunity, I don't know, but I would have chosen this. That's it. Ooh, yeah. I like it. Two hot one. <laughs> it was real hot. Yeah, I know that second one was hot. Yeah, yeah the second one was hot. The second mm -hmm. was hot. The first one, I agree with you. I feel like here's we I, we both recently rewatched Bring It On, and Kirsten Dunst was fine. Like I don't know if it aged well. Like she just wasn't yeah. as good as I thought she was when I saw it like years ago. Definitely. So I she's very fine. She's fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Literally fine. Okay. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's all I had. Y'all, what y'all got? Okay. I'll go next. Okay. So I was thinking a lot about this, but here's my, here's my hot take. So of course, women, you know, women are, can rap, right? Like period. Yes. And I think right. now male rappers are a thing of the past. Oh, I, I think not. they should be yeah. <laughs> that's right <laughs> the most popular rappers are women right yeah. mm -hmm. Ray, Ice Spice Nicki Minaj is still putting out new content new songs at the forefront of culture Cardi B Megan Thee Stallion Sexy Red Flo Millie all the up-and-coming most popular people in rap are women I, I mean facts are facts right and no see right 100%. and drake kendrick they're great but what have they done recently right i can't name a drake song from the past three years personally personally Ooh. i mean oh. okay laura i have a question yes are you the are you younger than shelby yes i'm the youngest yeah okay how old are you if you don't mind me i'm saying. 23 okay 
I think it's so funny that like even Gen Z, I feel like you're bordering. Are you bordering? Yeah, yes. I'm on the cusp, a cusper. Yeah. Even Gen Z is saying like the boys are out. You know, like we're not I mean, the millennials are not just old. We're not just done. old and hating. Gen Z is saying the boys are out. So <laughs> step it up, y'all. I don't know what to tell you. It's not me. Okay. I step it up. Exactly. The woman we're running, we're running the show literally. Step it yeah. up, boys. Quickly. Expeditiously. Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was pretty that hot. That was a good one. That was it a was good hot. one. It was pretty warm. You. That was yeah. pretty warm. Yeah. I liked it. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was good. Okay. I feel like mine might be a little hot. Okay. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I love a hot, hot take. A real hot take. I love it. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Let's do it. Okay. I feel like all Black people should know how to play cards. Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so attacked. I'm so attacked. Wow. <laughs> Laura and I grew up playing cards. Our grandparents taught us. Shout out to them. We play spades, bid whist, you name it. We play it all. God. And I know, should we get our fans? Wow. And I just feel like our generation is missing out. I want to play cards with somebody. And I feel like every event, it's Uno or Dominoes, which are great. But why aren't we playing spades? (laughs) So yeah, I feel like our generation needs to figure it out. We need to do trainings across the country, teach people how to play spades or something, because we need to make it happen. Wow. You know what? That one was very spicy. That one was very spicy. It attacked me personally as a non-space playing black. Also don't know how to play Bidwist. My whole family plays Bidwist. And they don't play space. My family plays Bidwist. And I'm always like, oh, I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn. They're like, when are you going to learn? I'm like, well, if y'all didn't take this damn game so seriously, I would learn. But I can't learn because if I do something wrong, I'm getting kicked outside. So... I don't understand what I'm supposed to learn, but I am with you about Uno. There's an episode of this podcast, Black People Love Uno, yes. on which I go on record and explicitly say, I don't like that game. I don't want to play it with y'all. I'm tired of y'all trying to make me play it. I would much rather learn spades and play yeah. it than keep having to play Uno with y'all at, at games, game night. I don't want to do it. It's a lot so, of Uno right okay. now. It's a lot of Uno. I don't know how to play dominoes either for what it's worth, so... There's that. Uh, I'm sure that one's easier to learn, though. I look at it. I'm like, I feel like this is just some addition going on. But sure. But yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. It hurt. But I think you're right. The truth hurts. You know, it does. Yeah. (laughs) The truth does hurt sometimes. That's okay. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Those were good. Those are really good ones. Thank you all for coming for coming in hot. I'm ready. Took the assignment. That was good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Song of the week. I have a song. I'll kick it off. The song that I have this week is Bring It On Related. Ooh. It is As If by Black, which is on the soundtrack for Bring It On. Um, Black made had like a, a, a lot of hits in the late 90s, early 2000s, I want to say. Um, two of the biggest ones being As If, where As If goes like, as if, na, 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 as if it's like very cute and then bring it all to me featuring jc chaze from uh, oh, plays, 
Yeah, one of those in sync. Yeah, one of those. It's one of them. It's one of them. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I think it's in sync. <laughs> right, for sure, it's in sync. But "Bring It All to Me" is one of my favorite songs of all time. So of course, I have to go with the black song. Yeah, yes. girl group. We love girl group. Oh, and they were in "Bring It On." The girlies from oh, Black were in "Bring It On." They were part of the Clovers. Really? Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was great. Yeah, love that love deep it. cut. I didn't realize that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What y'all got for your songs? Okay, so my song is Paramore related. Because I was like, we're on Black People with Paramore. I gotta bring the Paramore Rex. A crowd favorite. They're gonna love it. And I feel like I really resonate with your pod because I love Paramore. And I remember having a conversation years ago with a friend, also another Black girly. And we're like, we both love Paramore. Why do all Black people love Paramore, right? It's true. It's true. It's true. (laughs) So my song of the week is a is a more recent Paramore song off okay. their album from last year. This is why this mm-hmm. is my song of the week. Ooh. I love that song. It is so good. And what I love about Paramore is that they have really catchy songs, of course, but I feel like they're very topical and they're not just you know soapy songs about love and boyfriends, right? But this is about you know the culture and why mm-hmm. our culture is so toxic. And this is why I don't leave the house, right? love it there was a point mm-hmm. where it was just on repeat all the time last year got me through a lot <laughs> definitely feel that definitely feel that i would also like to point out this is why i don't leave the house it's such a black it's just such a black sentiment yes like yes. i feel like i feel like non-black people don't even use the phrase the house like the house is such a black thing like oh, i'm about to leave the house right now I've never heard anybody else say that. So (laughs) it just, mm, it all just goes back to the lore of Black people love Paramore. So that's a great one. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, so Laura and I recently saw Renaissance. And so I've just been listening to a lot of Beyonce. As you should. (laughs) Just Mm 24-7. And Summer Renaissance, I think, is my song. It's just so good. I feel like I'm entering my own renaissance. Like we're entering the Shelby renaissance. So I resonate with that. Yes. Revival, rebirth, (laughs) it's coming. (laughs) Love that. Uh Uh-huh. And it's a song that I think when I first listened to the album, I was like, yeah, I like this, but it's just really good on me. So Summer Renaissance is my song right now. That is a fantastic one. Uh, I didn't even like that. I didn't give that song enough. When it first came out, it was like one of the ones where I kind of like hit skip on it a few times right and as i spun the album back it was one that kind of lingered with me and yeah. seeing it live also does something different truly Amazing. where did you see beyonce in la i saw her in la at sofi mm-hmm. i saw her on the first of september when did y'all see her we saw her the, the second. second okay so we were right there i, I low-key think that's where i got covid from i was in there mouth agape <laughs> screaming at the top of my lungs my boyfriend was like that's why you got that damn COVID because he said he was sitting there quietly absorbing all of all of Beyonce as you're supposed to he said I was doing it wrong with my mouth wide open screaming on top of her we were like you so maybe we did it wrong but you know what I mean but clearly y'all didn't because y'all didn't y'all didn't gather COVID from it but here I am so who's to say I don't know if but you're going to get choice. COVID, get it at Renaissance. You know what? <laughs> I right. said, 
I was like, listen, obviously I didn't want to get it, but if I had to get it, it couldn't have been a better time. I got to see Beyonce already. And like, I don't have any major things coming up for the next like two weeks. I'll be all right. Yeah. Go ahead and recover. You saw Beyonce. I would do it again if given the opportunity. So yeah, that was good. That was, that was good enough. Okay, we can move on to Bring It On. So before we talk about it, I'll explain what Bring It On is for anyone who might not know. But if you clicked on this episode, I'm positive you know what Bring It On is. But just in case, straight from Wikipedia, per usual, Bring It On is a 2000s American teen comedy directed by Peyton Reed in his theatrical film directing debut and written by Jessica Bendinger, Bendinger, maybe? The film stars Kirsten Dunst, Eliza Dushku, Jesse Bradford and Gabrielle Union. The plot of the film centers around two high school cheerleading teams preparation for a national competition. Bring It On was released in theaters in North America on August 25th, 2000 and became a box office success. The film opened at number one spot in North American theaters and remained in the position for two consecutive weeks, earning a worldwide gross of approximately 90 million. The film received generally positive reviews and has become a cult classic. And I would definitely say that that sounds right. Cult classic is definitely where I would put this film. Um, Along with maybe like a couple other films jennifer's body also gives me cult classic if y'all have ever seen that one if you have not seen that one you should definitely watch it for halloween for the podcast no it's not scary it's campy it is definitely like campy and when i first saw it as a kid i didn't get it and now that i rewatch it as an adult i'm like oh this was way ahead of its time it's really fucking funny and very camp so definitely check it out if you have not but yes this also falls within that type of cult classic Mm-hmm. time for me question y'all what's your favorite character from bring it on laura do you want do you want to go first sure i mean gabrielle union period i mean she's Imagine. the best part of the movie right she's incredible she i feel like she's the perfect amount of confident sassy but not you know too much of a black stereotype right i feel like so many of these 2000s teen movies it's like the sassy aggressive black woman and i think there was a little bit of that in the movie when you know the white girls of san diego they were like they're watching <laughs> our asses and it's like were they were, were they actually gonna fight what? you yeah no. yeah right but so Gabrielle Union, Isis slayed the movie. She stood up for her team. She was confident. And she didn't take pity from Kirsten Dunst and everyone else, right? Loved her. That was, was such awesome. a good scene. She was like, nah, we don't need your money. But I did yes. like it. She ripped it up. Did she rip it up? Yes. She so. did. That was yes. wild. That was wild. I wild. said, damn, I don't know. Ripping up money sounds is <laughs> a wild thing to do. I don't know if I had that in me. I might have taken the check and been like, I'm right. not actually going to cash this. And then, you know, kept it for a rainy day. I don't know. But <laughs> definitely feel that. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, Laura. Isis was such a good character. And she really stole the show. I feel like this was like Gabrielle Union's coming out party. Like she had been in like smaller roles before. But Bring It On was when we really got to see her shine. And yeah. like we said in the beginning, Kirsten Dunst as Torrance was like, Eh, kind of flat so to like have isis and gab union on the other side was just every time she was in a scene your eyes went on her were on her she crushed yeah. it yeah i fully agree my favorite character definitely is isis gabrielle union's character um and then two other characters that i really like a lot 
Cliff, played by Jesse Bradford, which yeah, is yeah. the love interest or Missy's brother. Uh, he, I don't know. He was real attractive in that film. My, he was so cute. He looked good. I don't know why, but I was into it. Like, I feel like something about it. Like, he was kind of like the cool rocker guy. Mm -hmm. Didn't care too much. I agree. I liked his storyline. Like, whenever he was on the screen, I was like, oh, I'm into this. Same. And one thing about me, if I'm going to find a white boy attractive, which isn't the most, well, it's not the most frequent thing. But if I'm going to, he's definitely going to have dark hair, mm. um, a darker eye moment. And don't let him pick up an electric guitar at any point, okay? Because I'm taken aback. I'm a little shook by that. Check, check, check. So, yeah. mm -hmm. he, he had all the boxes. It was check, check, all check. He looked like he was probably of a decent height. You, were, you never really know what people on television are actors. Yeah, they tend know. to be a little bit shorter. But he looked like he was about, you know, about a six foot. He looked good. Cliff looked good. He That's did it. did look good. And also Missy, naturally, another yeah. fave. Yeah, loved Missy. That was uh the best friend character, the one with the. Let's let's not get into Missy's hair. I forgot. In the beginning scene, in that first scene when she first comes on, and she has those white girl dreads. Is that what was going on? I was really unclear. It was unclear, but I I noted that in my notes. I was like, why does she have these fake locks going on? <laughs> what is it? Like it looked, it looked like her hair was just bound together by grease i don't know and slipped into little ropes did not look it's kind of gross it was weird it was not only maybe a little bit cultural appropriation but kind of gross looking i don't know no. i wasn't a teen at that time i don't know what's going on with them but that was weird but she was still a great character i'll put that yes. aside yeah she was like a good foil for torrance and she i was. liked how she was like pushing back on things like the cool friend she was a little bit more ballsy than Torrance sometimes was. Yeah. And I like, she was from LA. You know, they always yeah, act like people from LA were LA just like so spicy. Right. They acted like people from LA were from New York at that point. I'm like, yeah. they're from Los Angeles. They're, I don't know. Sure. Not we'll, that spicy. We'll, we'll take that. Yeah. Uh, least favorite character or characters? I feel like there's a lot in this movie. And... Yeah. Could be anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I will say someone who stood out was that cheer instructor who was feeding the same yeah. routine. Sparky Palastri. Yes. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. He was the worst. <laughs> he was <horrible. laughs> the worst. I was so mad at him. Oh my gosh. He was so mean. He was like, you need to go on a diet. His dancing was horrible. The sparkle fingers. Awful. The what is going on? Could not stand him. Yeah. The dancing was horrible. Let's we'll get a circle back to that. It wasn't even a good routine, but all right. Awesome. Yeah. Ugh. I also didn't like Big Red. First of all, it's yeah. such a weird name. Yeah. I don't know. It's like Big yeah. Red. Yeah. And she was just clearly the villain. Stealing yeah. the routines from the clovers, not really being helpful. It just every time she was on screen, I was like, "Ugh, annoyed. Don't want any more of her." And Certainly. what was the boyfriend's name that was cheating Aaron, on Torrance? That's who Aaron. I have listed. Yep, same. Ugh. He was hated awful too. Aaron. Yeah, he was nothing awful. redeeming. Like not n literally nothing. There was nothing. Everything I just mentioned about Cliff, Aaron was the full opposite of. 
So I'm like, not only are you like a bitch overall, so you me. also don't got it like that. No. To to be acting yeah. like this, there's you're, there's nothing to back it up. The the face cards declining. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> like right. And he was the one who uh referred Sparky to Torrance. Like you were the whole problem. Oh. I forgot about that. Come on. He was trying to convince the other girls to be captain instead of Torrance. Like everything he did was awful. Like what was the re I really need to understand the reason behind that. Why would you be like betraying your girlfriend to her frenemies, arch nemesis. What was the reason for that? It didn't make sense. The only thing I can think of, he didn't want to be her girlfriend anymore. And he was like mad at her for some reason. But that still doesn't make sense to me. Like had to hate her guts. Like it's like <laughs> like had to actually abhor this woman to be acting like this. So guy. Damn. Hey, dear. yeah, I have Aaron listed as well. He just, not a redeeming piece. Something about the way this movie is written, and maybe it was just the time, but I don't really think any of the characters are dynamic in any way. Maybe just because it's a comedy? I don't know. But, like, there's nothing, there's nothing where it's, like, usually for a villain, you're like, okay, but I'm rooting for you a little bit, you know, because X, Y, and Z reason, or, you know, your protagonist has some characters that you're like, ew, I hate that about you, but whatever. Everybody was very cut and dry, like... One note. Very one note. Torrance was the protagonist. She didn't really have anything that we had to overlook. The villains were the villains. Big Red was horrible. Aaron was horrible. Everybody was just bad. Right. I totally agree. I think they tried to bring some, you know, dynamic aspects of Torrance, right? She was kind of, she was literally the white savior, right? She was yeah. like, let me help these to black be. people, right? Yeah. So I think they tried to give some background to her being like, oh, she's a good person, you know, there's development and growth and she was happy when the Clovers won, right? I think they tried with her, but yeah. not successfully. Yeah. And I was telling Shelby a huge critique for me from the movie is that we didn't get enough of the clovers. I felt like they were only in a handful of scenes, right? A lot more so I feel like there was so much to explore with Gab Union, Isis, and her whole squad. They could have brought so much dynamicism in the movie, but yeah. such a missed opportunity. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree. There's this rumor that they shot scenes of the clovers just for the trailer that didn't actually exist in the film because in focus groups when they watched the trailer they liked the clovers like people wow. liked the clovers and so they went back shot additional footage just for the trailer to make people come out and go see it but they didn't actually shoot more of the film with the clovers in it toxic yeah very toxic <laughs> right hear that Mm -hmm. tricking us making us watch a trailer we're like oh my gosh it's gonna be all with the clovers and then you get there be... and it's a different movie and the clovers are in a little tiny subset of it like wow sure yeah literally hoodwinked and bamboozled very hoodwinked <laughs> and i was thinking like we deserve a spinoff of the clovers now yes. yeah yeah clovers need to since y'all refuse to come up with original ip anymore Ooh. go ahead and create a spinoff of shit that already exists i talked about this yesterday on the mean girls episode the unfriendly black hotties need their spinoff and the clovers Ew. need their spinoff here 
I have put together a little potential cast of who I think would be fun for the unfriendly or for the Clover spinoff, maybe. Um, who I have here is back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. These are mostly musicians because I feel like for a dancing heavy movie, musicians Mm. lend themselves a little bit better to that. Mm -hmm. So I have Justine Sky. I actually don't really know how Justine Sky dances. I've not, I don't know that I've seen her dance for real, but I'm going to take a chance on Justine. Ryan Destiny, who was in a TV show called Star that was kind of bad it was pretty bad but it was musical they sang they danced so i know that she has it i have seven streeter who might be a tiny bit old for the role but i feel like black don't crack so she could probably you know appear to age down for the film and a tanache because she you know has too much talent to be not getting the shine that she deserves so this might be her little crossover moment yeah, I Ooh. love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I Thanks, feel guys. like I a highlight of just talking about shows and movies is like casting. That's always so fun yes. to me. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, who could we put in this? I fully agree. So fun. If y'all have any additions, please feel free. Uh, but no pressure because I did not prep y'all for that. But yeah. Yeah. When I think of musicians, like younger musicians, I think I'd throw in Coco Jones. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. don't know like what her dancing energy is mm-hmm. but i feel like she'd be so good i love her on bel-air so we know she can yeah. act same so i put her in there yeah those these are great suggestions and one of our episodes i think it's the barbie one shall we we cast you know a brats movie you know <gasps> what would that look like right so yes. it's, it's bringing me back to that great. moment so i i love this idea and a wild card, maybe we were just talking about Renaissance and maybe Blue Ivy throw her in. <gasps> I'm not mad. Absolutely. I can see it. Yeah. Maybe she plays like yeah. a little sister of somebody or something. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Solange was in one of the Bring It On, so make it a family affair. She was. Here we go. Uh, yeah. yeah. Blue Ivy's killing it on the tour, right? She she can she is. 
She can get bring it on for sure. She could do it. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at that at all. That that's that's pretty good. I'll take it. Um, how old were y'all when y'all first saw Bring It On? If you remember. Maybe ten mm-hmm. or eleven. You know, and that's why it's interesting watching it again yeah. recently because I think when you're young, I just remembered, oh my gosh, I love how the Clovers yeah. end up winning. And do <laughs> still. You remember yeah. a few highlights? Mm-hmm. Literally. Yeah. But now watching it, I'm like, oh, there are like a lot of things we talked about, the one-dimensional characters and some of the villains that I didn't love as much. So I think it's a, I don't know how well the movie aged mm-hmm. when I think yeah. about it. Yeah, I think it was, I mean, the movie came out in 2000. So I definitely watched it as a kid and I've, I've rewatched it maybe in high school, but not super recently. So I definitely rewatched it, you know, just growing up. So I don't remember the first time, yeah. but I agree watching it back. I was like this, some of the movies that were made in the 2000s are so unhinged. And I think I this falls into that boat. Um, yeah. Like we talked about every time the Clovers were on screen, incredible moments but everything else in the movie i was like what is going on yeah it definitely is one of those movies that holds a very special place in my heart because it was a childhood movie i watched it over and over i think i was seven or eight when i first saw it and i loved it and every time i rewatch it as an adult i'm like okay like some of the cheers are still pretty nostalgic and they feel good i love the opening scene i can recite all of the cheers recite a lot of the lines and so i enjoyed that a lot but as a movie particularly having just watched mean girls Mm -hmm. like yesterday it's just loud this 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 one is just kind of glaring that it's just it's just okay at a max it is just okay but it still holds a special place for me so what i did is i broke this film up into the good the bad and the ugly because it has lots of all three things so let's start with the good i feel like the black girl representation is good yes the ending is good we love that the clovers win the early 2000s of it all is so fun the, okay. that's the nostalgia factor i love it the soundtrack is very good i love the little song cliff writes for kristen kirsten dunn's character oh, you're so just sweet. what i need it's so cute and it's very early 2000s i'm like i really enjoy that that's the good the bad is kirsten dunn's dancing <laughs> it just like didn't hit no no like i don't I don't know what was going on there. And I know they did. I don't think she's a dancer. Like, I know they did a cheer camp too. So I'm like, you took like a few months, if I'm not mistaken, like six weeks or something. (laughs) And like, this is the best. Okay. Okay. I can't. Hey, I'm not a dancer. I'm not one to judge. I'm judging. Right. (laughs) Um, And Sparky Palastri's choreography routine. Essentially what this tells me is that black people are are the are better with the dancing <laughs> overall which i think Period. we knew we probably knew that that's a takeaway i don't know that that's this you know, right i don't know that that's true for me i can't really dance but we can see it from the film that that's the general trend 
And then the ugly. I thought it was important to address some of the body shaming, some of the casual use of homophobia and homophobic slurs from non-queer characters in the movie, as well as the fatphobia. As well as the sexual assault type stuff that happened in the film. The um, part where one of the male cheerleaders has the one of the girls up on his hand and he slips his digits somewhere where it shouldn't be like that just doesn't feel like mm, something that we should just skip past too much yeah um not okay or the portion where they're like they have one of the girls up and one of the male cheerleaders is like do i look like a milkmaid because someone feels like a cow or the in cheerleading we throw people in the air and fat people don't go as high or Sparky lining all the girls up and t- talking about their bodies one by one. Gosh. It's just a lot. You know, Yikes. there's a lot where I'm like, shit, like <laughs> this really just didn't age great at all. Which, of course, no. it's a movie from the 2000s to be expected. But I feel like this was a little bit more egregious than other ones. I watch a lot of movies from the early 2000s, but I'm like, Agreed. We're gonna, y'all were just going out of your way to, to just throw shit in here. Literally. Yeah, I totally agree with what you were saying. Yeah, Sparky was one of the most egregious examples of the fat shaming, the toxic diet culture, body dysmorphia. It was that was rough. And I agree, there was a lot of homophobia in this movie, like making fun of the male um cheerleaders. That was really awkward. I agree. This felt especially cringy for a 2000s movie. And I also recently watched Mean Girls and there were a couple, you know, kind of awkward moments, but I felt like it was every scene. There was re- a really off-putting joke. Yeah. Every scene. Yeah. And I think that shows you like this movie was maybe relying too much on like tropes and stereotypes that just were made prevalent early 2000s instead of like more like interesting creative writing like the writing was a lot of these very insensitive jokes that they leaned into yeah yeah they did rely on some tropes they definitely did do that yeah and I want to say, like, I really keep wanting to be like, I get it. But, like, I just don't. Not for Brick It On. I'm like, no, I really don't. Y'all did a lot. Like, y'all really did a lot. Am I going to keep watching the movie? Yes, I will. <laughs> and will I recite the lines? Recite the lines? Yes, I will recite the lines. But each time, I'm just like, this was just uncalled for. Lots of this was just uncalled for. Oh. Right. Yeah. And it's not even like the movie needed it, you know? Like, I think if you just take all those, like, really bad jokes out or all, all of the sparky nonsense, still, it, like, the movie holds. The movie holds yeah. up. Right. Yeah. The the Black team, you know, beat the white savior trying to be ass white team. And at the end of the day, cultural appropriation loses every time. That was it. <laughs> it's a it. great moral of the story. <laughs> you know, the moral of the story holds up. It's pretty good. If I'm not mistaken, did y'all ever see the other Bring It On movies? Specifically, did y'all ever see In It to Win It? Or not In It to Win It. All or Nothing with Solange. I remember seeing that because Hayden Panettiere, I think, was in it too. Yes. Mm -hmm. I feel like that one is the reverse of this one. Mm -hmm. 
the bring it on movies just couldn't get it right they just really couldn't get it right and i don't know what was going on but it was just a struggle but that one was the reverse of this one in which the white team was so racist in the all or nothing one i also went back and watched that one recently for a different podcast i was on um i was on the guilty pleasures podcast if y'all want to go see us talk about bring it on all or nothing um but that was kind of the reverse in that the whites, eh, the moral wasn't that cultural appropriation loses in that one. It was kind of just like, yeah, LOL. They were just racist. Like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. So yeah, the, the freaking all writers were struggling a little bit. Um, but yeah. Definitely a missed opportunity because Laura and I were talking about this. I think it's great to have like a cheerleader film and a lot of representation particularly for black women, because you typically don't see us as cheerleaders depicted on screen. So I think that was really great about this movie. And they had a, an opportunity to really build upon it. And to your point, I think the sequels just didn't hold up. Oh, yeah, absolutely that. But I have a list of iconic lines Ooh. from Bring It On, because Ooh. some of the lines do hold up. So I'll go through them and then I'll group them and y'all decide which ones have to go. Ooh, let's do it. Okay. okay. Were the ethnic festivities to your liking today? Says Lava of the Clovers when the white the white girls come in to see what they're doing. Like, are the ethnic festivities to your liking? I like Love. that one. That was a good one. Burr is cold in here. I said there must be some Toros in the atmosphere. I know you didn't think a white girl made that shit up. Isis, Gabrielle Union, another great one. <laughs> Every time we get some, here y'all come trying to steal it, putting blonde hair on it and calling it something different. Isis, first of all, a timeless one. That one's timeless. Oof. That's the world of social media that we live in today. Fucking Haley Bieber's strawberry glazed lips. I can't. Here anything you go, Kardashian. I'm telling you, anything Kardashian. Here y'all go, Literally. putting some blonde hair on it and calling it something different fucking what what did bo Derek braids kim had those braids for a while the fulani oh braids but she called yes. them enough and everyone enough. thought it was something new enough everyone was like oh, we Passion. need oh okay don't piss me off like there's just <laughs> way too much going on what's another one they're not these are not spirit fingers these are spirit <laughs> fingers that was a fun one uh the the cheer awesome oh wow like totally freaked me out at me right on toro sure are number one another cheer hate us because we're beautiful but we don't like you either we're cheerleaders we are cheerleaders roll call yeah now of the iconic lines if you could only keep one of them Oof. which one would you choose also, if you need me to share my screen, I can do that. If you need to see them. I think I know which one I would keep. You know Okay. Love yes. You. I mean, Burr, it's cold in here. I mean, that is so iconic. People say that to this day, right? I, I think that is the longest lasting one, right? And I think that's transcended Bring It On. So I, that has to stay because it's, it's here, right? People are still using it. Yep. That's got to stay. I also doubt people remember that it's from Bring It On because it's said all the right. time. Like I, Bring It On needs to find a way to make sure people give it its props since it originated there. Yeah. 
I agree. This is so hard. I feel like everything Lava and Isis said were so good. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So good. But I think the... Um, I think the quote about the blonde hair and it just, to your point, it's like so timeless. And that's what I love about like some of my favorite movies. Like they can be released at any time and still matter and still have a moment. And I think that's a line that you said in any generation, people will resonate. So I think that's the one definitely every single time the kardashians do anything you could literally drop that (laughs) under the comment you could drop that under the tweet and it resonates it holds up it could be used for so many different scenarios that actually happen in today's world in 2023 so yeah i I think i might have to keep that one as well but both of them kind of because birds cold in here is i didn't know i used to hear that when i was a kid and i had seen bring it on and i didn't know it was from bring it on i'd be like yeah, it is cold in here. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I didn't get it. It was from Bring It On. So good. Yeah. Also a great one. Favorite scenes. Do y'all have a favorite scene mm-hmm. from this movie? I feel like the first, when we first meet the Clovers and Isis and Lava and them confront them, like I kind of had forgotten how they get interact and they first meet each other and it was just cool to see how badass the clovers were they were killing it with the cheer well it's a lot better on them than we- mm-hmm. it looked different uh, that was a whole yeah right cheer. it looks a yeah. lot different than with the yeah. Taurus. so i liked that and then seeing um gab and isis uh, isis and lava confront them and like lava giving that line it was just they brought the energy and you're like okay yes the Clovers are here, and this is why I'm watching this movie. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Great one. I think for me, I loved when Torrance was giving White Savior and was like, oh, my dad got the money for you and the Clovers to go to the Nationals, and Gab Union just ripped it up in front of her face. <laughs> that was amazing. And then you see the Clovers writing their letter, being like, um, I forgot the talk show host name, but I love I think it was Loretta or Loretta. Did I make that up? I don't know. I might have made that up. That sounds close enough. Right? It yeah. sounds right. I'm not yeah. sure, but I love that whole sequence where they're writing the letter and then they're on the show and they're like, we're going to nationals. Thank you so much. I just, Black people doing it for themselves. I, I really love that whole yeah. sequence, ripping up that check and getting the money on their own. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is a great one. Yeah, I like how both of y'all's favorite scenes include the Clovers. When that's probably like two of the three scenes that the Clovers are in, and mine also includes the Clovers. Mine is when the Clovers show up to the football game and perform their cheer with them. Wow. It's just such a fun scene. It is such a fun scene, and once again, they looked a lot better doing the cheer than so the Toros did on the field. So, per usual, I don't know. Also, really like the fashion of the time. I really like the way Gab Union is dressed for a majority of the movie, and it's not like she's wearing anything crazy. Like in that scene, she has on a pair of light wash mom jeans, like high rise denim mom jeans, and like a very cropped gray hoodie. 
And it's just yeah. such a cute outfit to me. And like a sneaker and her hair is done in the very cool early 2000s, late 90s way. And I'm just like, wow, I miss this so much. I wonder if I did this for Halloween, if anybody would know who I was or what I just look like myself. I don't know. The fashion has come back so much where I'm like, eh, you might look like normal. I had on a costume. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I might just look normal. I don't know. But yes, that one is my favorite scene, also including the clovers because... They're the best part of the movie. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I had anything else. Oh, is this y'all's favorite Bring It On movie? Or is there another one that y'all enjoyed more than this one? This is my favorite. I feel like the Clovers in this one are just so iconic. Yeah. And the other, because I think there were three, right? Three movies or? There was like five. There was Bring It On, Bring It On Again, Bring It On, All or Nothing, Bring It On, In It to Win It. And then there was a fifth one that came out in 2017 that I don't remember the name of. Yeah. Okay. So I definitely didn't see the 2017 one. No. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) No. (laughs) And yeah, definitely the first Bring It On I think is the best. I 100% agree. I, this is the one that I remember the most, of course. I've, I've seen it. The most times I do remember the Solange Hayden Penetier one, but this is the first Bring It On is one that people remember. It's the most iconic. You see the costumes every Halloween, right? This is the movie. Definitely my favorite. Everyone is a clover. Literally. Everyone is a clover. I don't know that I've ever seen the Rancho Carni Toros ever. (laughs) Can't do they even make that costume. I've only ever seen. I'd be hard pressed to find that damn costume. Yeah. yeah. So funny. That's real. I I think I watched All or Nothing more because I owned it on DVD. I don't know that I own this one on DVD. I just saw it when it was on TV or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I own All or Nothing on DVD. But this one is definitely better than All or Nothing. All or Nothing is cringy in a way that's like not in on the joke. I feel Mm. like this one is cringy because it's dated, Mm. Mm -hmm. but that bring it on all or nothing was cringy. The moment that it came out, it was like, (laughs) had no hope. (laughs) How do we get here? Like what's going on? Um, One of the characters, Winnie, one of the blonde girls said something about made a yo baby daddy joke, which was weird in 2006 2007 it was like okay sure the part of the movie where the main love interest is like crumping on Hayden Panettiere y'all oh my god I want y'all to go back and watch this one so bad because it's actually wild it rewatching it as an adult it's like I had to strap myself to the couch to make sure that I sat there and finished it because I wanted to get up and and run and gag often (laughs) It was just a lot. It was just a lot. Him crumping on her, literally, he like crumps on her arm, like circles her in a circle. It's like, it's so, oh God, it is cringy. It's hard. It's hard. No. You describing it sounds tough. I'm like, Mm -hmm. ooh. But, you know, go check it out. Do a little hate watch. It's fun. But yeah, no, I don't think I had anything else. Is there anything else about the movie that y'all want to chat about? Anything I missed? Well, I mean, I was reflecting because, of course, we're coming on your incredible pod, watching this movie. And I was like, why do Black people like bring it on, right? And yeah. mm-hmm. obviously the Clover costumes, Gab Union, of course. 
but also we just we love seeing black people win right and the ending just felt so it's so correct you're like yes this is it felt like reparations right like they stole from us the cultural appropriation right but no we got the money we made it here on our own and we won we won yeah it just felt the ending felt so right so i was like yeah we're seeing black excellence yeah yeah yes it did feel right it felt correct Mm -hmm. it did that's such a good point we love seeing ourselves win because it doesn't happen often so when it does we're like yes let's keep (laughs) watching celebrating need that in my life right i think that's such a good point and to, to your point i think it's aspirational it was much needed to like have that kind of representation and i think if the movie was nothing but the clovers black people would just be so happy like that's the reason why we watch bring it on not for kirsten no no definitely not (laughs) no i also felt like really good that the black girls weren't subject to any of the body Mm. shaming and stuff that we saw Mm. in the rancho carne toros high school um Mm. that felt good so it's like it was it was a win for black girls i don't know the movie was a win for the black girlies i love that for us and i loved it for us then i love it for us now and it was a great time but yeah that is all i had thank you so much for coming on y'all it was such a pleasure having you yes thank you so much for having us your podcast really resonates with me and this was just such an exciting opportunity thank you sequoia of course of course thank you so much please let the folks know where they can find you on the internet and refresh their memory about your podcast and whatever else you like chat about chat about yes Uh, so laura and i are sisters who watch you can find our podcast uh, wherever you stream podcasts spotify apple amazon you name it we're there we also have a youtube channel sisters who watch where you can subscribe comment watch our clips see our faces. We have a website, sisterswhowatch.com. You can email us, sisterswhowatch at gmail.com. Find us on all social media channels at sisterswhowatch on TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, X. We are there. Yes. (laughs) Yes. We review the hottest entertainment. We are just, we just finished recording our Renaissance episode. So we're going to talk about that. Barbie, Oppenheimer, Love is Blind, The Bachelorette, everything. So if you love TV, movies, just like us, you'll love our podcast. Yes. Beautiful. Fantastic. It was so good having y'all. And per usual, you can find me across all social media platforms at BPLP Pod. And you can email me at blackpeopleloveparamore at gmail.com with episode topic recommendations, hate mail, feedback, and anything else. Mm, That's it. Talk to y'all later. Bye.